Good morning. My name is Audrey, and together with my husband Jesse, we lead the community group here in Silverton. It's actually right across the street over there, so our uh, commute has definitely improved from the Front Street campus. Um, I became a Christian about a decade ago, and actually 10 years ago today I was baptized. It's kind of cool. Uh, Today we will continue reading from Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Thank you, Audrey. Let me, uh, let me pray again for us real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you that we get the opportunity to come and we get to hear the gospel. We get to uh, celebrate the gospel together uh, in this incredible barn pray that um, we would hear from you this morning. People would get to see the gospel from a new perspective, uh, that the gratitude for the cross would increase in their lives, and their lives would change as a result of that. We pray this in your name. Amen. Listen, thanks so much for showing up. Round two of Outward Silverton. We're so excited. I don't know if, if all of you were here last week, but we just had a ton of fun. Like We were planning this for for months, it started. We started talking about the the church plant back in September. So for that to finally kick off, I mean, just just blew us away. I don't know if you counted how many times Matt cried, but if that gives any indication, like that's a big deal. Matt and I are brothers, just so you know, and he makes fun of me for being short. So I like to get a few jabs in, get a few jabs in when I can. Listen, my name is Tim Porter. Uh, Matt and I are brothers, like I said. Uh, I'm one of the elders at Outward, uh, and I'm going to do some of the preaching out here in, in the barn. And uh, we're just stoked to have you guys. Let's talk about the gospel this morning. Let's dig in with the gospel. How does that sound? And we preach the gospel every week. I mean, this is nothing new. We love the gospel. We are gospel-centered at Outward. That, that is our thing. You know, churches have, you know, they're great at programs or missions or or discipleship, or outreach. The gospel is our thing. We love it, okay? So we we try to make sure the gospel is involved in everything we do, every decision we make. And we have some of those programs, and we hope to have some of that stuff out here in Silverton at, at some point. But the gospel is everything to us. And unfortunately, sometimes we have a tendency to possibly, maybe, definitely mess it up. Okay. We, we get off track from time to time. So I just want to start us off. Usually we would preach and then we would end with the gospel and it would be awesome. And we would all celebrate, but I'm going to start with the gospel, the clear, the simple, the, the uncomplicated gospel of Jesus Christ. So we can get off on the right foot. That sound good. So this is What I'm going to tell you comes from Tim Keller's book, Galatians for You. It's a book that we're going to be walking through while we preach through Galatians this summer. If you don't know Tim Keller, you should. He's amazing. You should probably read everything he's ever written. But start with Galatians for You. We've got some copies of it, I think, 
um, over there. We ran out last week. Uh, but this uh, gospel presentation, it's only like 10 seconds, comes from Tim Keller and his book. And just full disclosure, pretty much everything I'm going to say comes from Keller because he's so good and, and we just love the, the truth and the wisdom that he imparts um, through his, his writings. Okay, here we go. Here's the, here's the gospel. We are too sinful for our own salvation. We need a complete and total rescue. That's the bad news. But there's good news. Hold on, I gotta read it. I don't wanna wanna mess it up. We are saved by a belief in Jesus' work on the cross. That's the grace of Christ. Plus nothing else. Okay? Let me do it again because it was so quick. Let's just like rapid fire. We are too sinful for our own salvation. We need a complete and total rescue. That's the bad news. But the good news is we are saved by a belief in Jesus' work on the cross. Plus nothing else. Nothing can be added to the, uh, the saving of us. That was horribly said. But we can't add anything to the gospel. It has to be just Jesus that saves us. It's so important because the gospel is foundational. It is, it is everything to a Christian life. If you mess it up, bad things happen. The whole thing falls apart. It has to be just Jesus because he needs to get all the credit. He needs to get all the glory because it was his blood that was shed. All we do is receive it. We can't work for it. We can't, we can't help the gospel. This is so important. Some churches are jacking up the gospel. Some of them are, are trying to take away the bad news, okay? Oh, we're not that bad. We're not that sinful. We're mostly good. You just got to love a little bit more and God will love you. If you remove the bad news, what is the good news then? Why did Jesus die? What, if we're mostly good, did he just have to die a little bit then? <laughs> what sense does that make? Other churches use the gospel like a club to beat on people. Say, yes, Jesus is wonderful. You should believe in Jesus. Now, church up your life. (laughs) Figure your stuff out. Quit screwing up or you're out. And they crush people. They push people out of the church. If we add anything to the gospel, if we take anything away from the gospel, three things happen. We abandon Christ. We desert Christ, Paul says. We ruin the real gospel. And we bring a curse on our lives and possibly others that we're influencing. I'll say that one more time. If we add anything to the gospel, it becomes a different gospel. And there really isn't another gospel. But it becomes a different gospel. If we believe another gospel, we abandon Christ, we ruin the real gospel, and we bring a curse on ourselves and possibly other people. And do you know what? Galatians did this. That's exactly what happened in the book of Galatians. And we're going to find out about that today. I'm going to read again what Audrey did. By the way, it was so cool to see Audrey up here. It's the first time she's ever been on stage. I don't think she ever wanted to be up here, but she's here. Her and Jesse were, were played such a big part in getting this church going and get it off the ground. We're so, we're so excited to see them up here. 
Okay, so let me talk about the, uh, the letter that Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia. I think Matt covered this a little bit last week, but I couldn't remember exactly. So let's just, let's just do it again in case you're not familiar. Paul, the apostle Paul, is kind of a big deal. He came face to face with Jesus. I'm not going to give you everything about Paul right now. The next section in, uh, in Galatians is all, it's like his resume. And we'll go through that next week. But Paul is kind of a big deal. He came face to face with Jesus. We care about people that came face to face with Jesus because they learned right from the source. They learned right from the king. And we want to know uh, what Jesus taught them. So that's why we're listening. That's why we're reading to Paul in the book of Galatians. So Paul had his life changed. He came face to face with Jesus. His life changed dramatically. So then he went on the road, starting to preach the gospel. He went to Galatia, which is in Turkey. He went to Galatia. He started preaching the gospel. People got saved. Lives got changed. It was incredible. They started some churches. They had some church plants. And then he moved on to some other areas to continue to preach the gospel. And he finds out a couple of years later, the churches in Galatia are jacking things up. They're messing up the gospel. They're adding things to it. So he writes this letter and it's clear he's ticked. He's upset and he lets them know it right, right from the gate. Let me just read this real quick. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As I said before, so I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one received, let him be accursed. So why is Paul so hot? What what are the people in Galatia? What are the churches of Galatia doing? Well, the leaders of the Galatian churches are Jewish. Okay, and they're, and they're the ones preaching the gospel. And when people come to their church, they're saying, hey, you should believe that stuff about Jesus. He's amazing. He'll change your life. And not only should you believe, but you should also follow these Jewish traditions that are important. So they're adding something to Jesus. Believe in Jesus and you should follow these rules. And the rules were uh, you should stop eating pork and you should... You shouldn't work on Saturdays and you should have this uncomfortable procedure as an adult male that is obviously making people uncomfortable. And we won't get into that. We will in in future weeks. You can be looking forward to that. Don't read ahead. Okay. I know know you're excited to see what, what this procedure is, but don't, don't do it. So they're telling them, they're telling them, you got to go through all these things. And, and it, was, it was one of two things. Either they were just simply the Jewish leaders of the Galatian church, if you're tracking with me, they were either just overcomplicating the gospel, like they're just trying to work hard and they're saying, hey, if Jesus is good, Jesus plus all these rules would be even better, right? We should tell people that they should follow these rules. So either they just kind of inadvertently were overthinking it and they were overcomplicating it, or in Paul's tone, gives a little bit of indication here like maybe it was more than just like an accident maybe they were doing it on purpose maybe they were selling a lie to benefit themselves like a sleazy salesman like a sleazy timeshare salesman 
I'm about to offend somebody if they're a timeshare salesman. I'll just, I'll apologize after, just let me know. But Holly and I, my wife Holly and I went to Hawaii in 2010. We we're just married. We were pretty broke. I, I'm pretty sure we put that trip on a credit card. It's totally foolish. But we decided to take up the timeshare people's offer. If you sit through the timeshare and let them badger you for an hour or two, they will give you this gimmicky trip. I don't know if anybody's done it. It's the bike trip down from Haleakala. You're in a big group of people. You take these cheesy photo shoots. It, was, it was definitely wasn't worth it. But anyways, we're sitting at the timeshare table and the guy is, I mean, he's getting after it. They brought the closer in, okay? The closer, the closer, he's, he's the real deal. And he's getting after me like, you really should consider two weeks in Maui every year. You really should do it. And I think he, we talked about our budget. Like he's trying to get into my personal details. And I'm trying to tell him, listen, bro, I'm not buying the, tr- the trip. Like I'm just here to get the free stuff. You're wasting your time. Let's move on. So he, clearly he's not getting anywhere, anywhere with me. So he moves over to Holly. She's like, oh, I can see where this is going. He moves over to Holly. He's like, so I guess your husband doesn't value health and relationships. <laughs> what a joke, right? You've got to be kidding me. Hell, is this the only place we can get health and relationships? So at that point, I was like, that's it. We're out of here. I'm done. Let's go. The Jewish leaders were selling a lie to benefit themselves just like this sleazy dude was trying to sell us a lie so that we would spend way too much money on a trip to Hawaii every year. This is how it was going to benefit them. They are the experts in the Jewish laws. So if they require people to follow these Jewish laws, well, where do they have to go to get the information? Who do they have to meet with? Who, who all of a sudden gets a little bit more power? It's the Jewish leaders of the church. So this is what they were peddling to try to benefit themselves, give themselves more power, more influence over the converts of the day. So this was rotten, but listen, it, I don't think it really matters whether it was inadvertent or whether they did it on purpose, they were still jacking up the gospel. This is a serious issue. They were abandoning the gospel. Keller says, if you abandon gospel theology, like the right understanding of what the gospel is, if you abandon gospel theology, you abandon Christ personally. Isn't that awesome? What a, what a quote. When you turn your back on the gospel and you believe a different gospel, which is really no, there really is no other gospel, but let's just pretend you're believing a different gospel. You turn your back on Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. That's his life's work. This is, this is what he did for us. So by adding to the gospel, they abandoned Christ. They deserted Christ. Now, Is it possible that Galatians could have something to do with us? Is it possible that this might apply to Howard or to the people of Silverton? Some of you know this already, others of you don't, but the Bible, this this book, okay, it's, it's meant not to be read like a history book, right? Like, oh man, the Galatians are real idiots, you know? They really messed that up. 
And it's more, or it's meant to be read almost like a mirror. It like reflects who we are and the struggles that we're going through right here and right now. Isn't that insane? This was written in like the mid 40s AD. It was like 2,000 years ago. What is different from 2,000 years ago? Is everything different? I mean, what we, what we, uh, what we do, how we work, information is, is so available, technology, everything is different. Nothing has changed. We are still the same miserable people that they were back in the Galatian days. So that was 2,000 years ago. I'll do you one better. Let's go back another 1,000 years to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 wrecked me. Okay, I, I, uh, Matt and I are brothers. If you heard last year, or last year, last week, um, our dad was a pastor. Our folks got divorced in 96. I was 16, and I was like, oh, it was all a joke. The whole Christian faith was a total joke. I am out. They got a divorce. I took off. I spent like nine years in a, in a stupor, okay, like a, a drunken partying stupor engaged in all kinds of foolishness. I get to age 25, 24, 25, and I am like miserable, like absolutely miserable, depressed, uh, in despair. I feel like I've just made an absolute failure of my life. I can remember thinking like, I am the exact example of what not to do. (laughs) And so I'm desperate, right? I'm desperate, so what do I do? I pick up this book. The Bible. That's how desperate I was. And I start reading it. I didn't care about the Bible, but I was desperate, man. I needed to find some answers. So I, I read it, and it honestly, didn't, it didn't take. Like, I'm reading it. doesn't connect. doesn't connect. I, I remember all the stories from the flannel graph and Sunday school. I, I know that, but, like, I, it didn't ever connect with me until I read Psalm 51, which was written 3,000 years before I read it. I just got to read you some in case somebody's feeling the same way I was back then. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. I'm just a couple more verses. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. Kind of funny. It comes full circle. Dude, this hit me like a ton of bricks, like right between the eyes, like this. All of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, this sad king who messed up royally, King David, is pouring his heart out to God, and it was as if I had written it myself. I couldn't have. I'm not that great, but, but it was like I was reading what, how I was feeling, if that makes sense. It's so applicable. This book is just as applicable to us as it was to the people back in the day. Back to Galatians. What can we learn from our friends in Galatia? How does this apply to us? And honestly, if you think about it, I don't think it's that difficult to to figure out how this applies to us. 
Okay, you think about the country we live in. You think about how this was started. A bunch of ragtag, bunch of immigrants get together. We band together. We, we beat the English out. And we fight each other for a while. Then we get our hands dirty. We build this incredible country. We, we're not afraid of work. We're not afraid of innovation. We, we work hard. And it becomes, God blesses it. It becomes this great country that we live in. That entrepreneurial spirit still exists in this country, and I would say the hard workers of the hard workers live right here <laughs> in Silverton in surrounding areas. I'm going to offend anyone. <laughs> A bunch of people came from Canby last week. I was shocked. That's actually further. I live in Kaiser, so it's actually further for me than for somebody in Canby's. It's not that far. Listen. Oh my gosh, people are awesome out here, okay? Because nobody's afraid to work. People out here know, like, if you want the harvest, you got you to gotta dig in and do the work. You want to build a business and take care of your family, you got to dig in, you got to get to work. And then if people are struggling during COVID, if a business is struggling, we'll, we'll band together, we'll help them. People are struggling during the fires, we'll band in, we'll help them, we'll, we'll push that fire back. It's so cool. I love it. I'm cut from the same cloth. I have a tendency to overwork. I love working so much. That's a, uh, another sermon, another story. Listen, but, but, <laughs> did you know a but was coming? But it is hard for hard workers to sit back and receive things without jumping in and let me, let me get you back for that. You buy me dinner, I'll buy you two. You help me move, I'll help you remodel. Like, I won't be over, I won't be overserved. It is so hard to, to sit back and receive and not try to, to jump in and, and get after it. That is a problem. Our greatest strength in this area, the hard work, the work ethic, that wherever it came from, from grandpa or grandma or wherever it came from, like our greatest strength is probably our greatest weakness when it comes to the gospel because we cannot jump in and improve it. You can't like say, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for you did. I'll take it from here. You've done plenty. Let me jump in and, and make it better. Let me, let, me get you, let me pay you back. You've done so much. I, this is the least I can do. If we try to add to the gospel, if we try to improve the gospel, we ruin it. Whether you know it or not, like when we jump in and try to insert ourselves into the gospel, we're trying to take credit for some of it. We're trying to create glory for ourselves. And where does that glory come from? We're robbing Jesus of his glory. Keller, again, has this incredible quote. We love to be our own saviors. Our hearts love to manufacture glory for themselves. So we find messages of self-salvation extremely attractive. Whether they're secular, right, outside the church, how do we self-save outside the church? Money, sex, and power is what we talk about a lot at Outward. Money will fulfill you. No, sex is going to satisfy you. No, it's power. Anything bigger and better, this will save you. And then what about inside the church? How do we, we um, self-save 
in the church. Well, we, if you keep the rules, you'll earn eternal blessing, you know? You just got to stop doing the bad stuff and start doing the good stuff. Got to tuck your shirt in. You got to comb your hair. You got to be a part of the right tribe. You got to have the right convictions. You got to be on the right political, the right uh, side of the political issue. Can't screw up. Don't you, don't you do that. Don't you mess up. God's not going to love you. This is how we, we believe that. And then sometimes we will tell, we'll sell a lie and whether we do it on purpose or not, people will say, oh, man, if, if this person is telling me I've got to clean my act up or I'm out or, or I'm, I'm finished, that means there's a standard of living. That means they must be in and I must be out because I can't measure up. That's not how it works. The gospel is the same for all of us. The shiniest Christian in the barn and the most obvious failure, like we are on the same playing field. Nobody's keeping score. We are all lost. <laughs> we have all lost. We all need Jesus, just Jesus. And when we add requirements to that, we get into trouble. I know that somebody's probably thinking, I don't do this. I know the gospel. Like, I know I can't earn my salvation. I wouldn't do that. I'm... I'm a good Christian. I, I have good theology. And I, I just want to say, unfortunately, you have an overly optimistic view of yourself. I'm not trying to, and I, I should say, I meant to clarify this. I'm not trying to beat up people, just so you know. We're going through the bad news here right now, just so you know. But the good news is coming. I, it, like 10 more minutes, and we're going to get the good news. Okay, we got an answer for all this. But listen, if you don't think you do this, I don't think you're paying attention. All right? You, you aren't reading Isaiah. Okay? I'm not making this up. Isaiah 64, uh, 64, 6, I believe, says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment, like a dirty rag. Even the good stuff we do might not be purely motivated. The question when, you, when you're thinking of like, am I doing things for the wrong reasons? Is there some impure motives in, in, the, in the good work that I'm doing? That's the wrong question. Is there any pure motive in what I'm doing? Or am I trying just to get glory for myself? Am I trying just to take credit and, and just to be the shiniest one in the barn? Listen, this church plant, we've been praying since September, since the fires. Like, is this what God wants us to do? Should we do this? We don't want this to be about outward. We don't want this to be about Tim or Matt or Ryan or, or the band. or, or a, We don't want, we want this to be just about Jesus. Like, just, we just want to preach the gospel. We want people to understand, maybe from a little bit new perspective, what the gospel is, what the gospel means, how great it is, the, the life-changing understanding of the gospel. But I, I can't even tell you that this sermon, okay, that is on how not to earn your salvation, I can't tell you that I'm not trying to earn my salvation by preaching it to you, at least on some level. I am sinful just like 
All of us, I am jacked up, and I oftentimes have to repent because I am trying to add to the gospel. I'm trying to, I'm trying to overwork, and I'm trying to do uh, I'm trying to do too much and not letting Jesus, I'm not just receiving the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. That's bad. And listen, if you are trying to work, if you think maybe you've been working a little too hard and maybe for the wrong reasons to try to earn your salvation, what does, what does uh, Paul have for us in Galatians 3.10? For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. So it's not just the ones preaching the gospel, like there's bad churches, the uh, gospel contrary to the real gospel that are accursed. It's those of us that are relying on the law, relying on keeping the rules that are, that are also under a curse. That's heavy. We are all under a curse. This is the bad news. But that's not the end of the story. There's a little bit more. The best part, it's coming. It's like three verses away. We are under a curse. But Paul, and sometimes we're selling a lie that puts us under a curse. What is Paul selling? Paul is selling freedom from the curse. You're like, what? How do, I, how do I get that? How do I get the freedom? What do we do? What do I got to do? Like, we don't do it. Who does it? Galatians 3, 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. What? Are you kidding? For cursed, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Finally, the good news. We are under a curse. Jesus knows it. He came, he, he, he hung out with us, he saw how miserable we are, he saw that even our good works can often be impurely motivated, motivated for the wrong reasons. He saw that and he said, I got you, I got this. And he went to the cross and he took the, cross, or he took the curse for us. Jesus took the curse and we get freedom from the curse. We get freedom from the weight uh, and the shame and the guilt of the sin in our lives. We get freedom from trying to earn our own salvation, which is exhausting. We can never do enough. You can never help out enough. You, you got to get to church. You got to give more. You got to serve more. You got to stop messing up. You know, like it's just a rat race. It's ridiculous. We can never get there. Jesus knows that. He died so we could have new life. This is the good news. And now, when you understand that good news, then gratitude starts to grow inside of you. You think, oh my gosh, it is that bad. Like, I am really sinful. But Jesus is that much better. He's that much better. So you're like, oh, I love that you're probably not like this. I'm way over the top, but... I am like, oh, the gratitude of the cross. It's incredible. I love it even more. And out of the gratitude for the cross, not because I'm trying to earn my way to heaven, out of the gratitude for the cross, then we work. We band together. We help people. We give generously because Christ gave generously to us, gave everything for us. 
We serve faithfully because Christ served us faithfully. We're more patient with our spouse, with our kids, with the sleazy timeshare salesman who's trying to get money from me. We can be more patient with them because Christ, because Christ, because Christ, this is the true gospel. This is the good news. We love to preach it. Listen, if you want freedom this morning, we got it. We're offering it. Let's take advantage of that right now. Let me get the, the band to come forward. Let's do, uh, let's do communion. Let's have the, uh, the ushers um, come forward. I think I caught them off guard. Listen, we're going to take communion. We do this every week. This is an opportunity for us to reflect on our sin and our shame, reflect on the bad news, and then we, we embrace the good news. Okay? We, we get excited about the good news of Jesus Christ, and we will walk through his body and his blood that was broken for us. Why don't I have you guys all stand up, and let's head to the, to the ushers. Let's grab some communion. We're going to take it all together, so if you just grab it and head back to your seat, that would be great. Once you get back to your seat, we're just going to kind of bow our heads. We're going to think through how we engage in self-salvation, whether it's secular, whether you're trying to save yourself through your business, through your family, through your perfect family. If only our kids would conform and be perfect. Whether it's sex and power, or whether it's more religious, you know? I just need to stop messing up. If I just we could get my act together, God would love me. Let's think through how we do that. Let's think through the, uh, the ways that we maybe, even the good things that we are doing, we're doing them for the wrong reasons. Let's think through that, that sin. Feel the weight of that shame. It's heavy. And then we think about Jesus. Okay? We think about what he did for us. And we listen to him. He says, I know. I know you're messed up. I know you've sinned. I can't. I've been watching the whole time. But my body, I, it was broken to cover that. 
My body was broken to heal you of your sin and shame. Let's take the cracker and do this in remembrance of him. Jesus says, not only was my body broken, but my blood was shed so that you could have freedom. You no longer are under the curse of the law when you believe in me. You no longer are subject to that. My blood, as it it rolled down that cross, it covers your sin and your shame. You now have freedom in me. Let's take the juice and do this in remembrance of him. Heavenly Father, we, we love the gospel. We love it so much. We love the true, the one, the only gospel. We know that we have a tendency to get off track and veer one way or the other. Heavenly Father, we know that you know that. And we know what you did for that. And now we, we just ask that we would not stay in this sad, depressed, shameful situation but we would we would know that christ died for those sins and when he rose from the dead we rise with him into new life into a new birth into a restored life the way that it should be where we can work out of the out of the peace and the hope that comes from a true and legit gospel understanding we thank you for this God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Listen, we're going we're gonna to celebrate now. The band is going to play. Let's worship loud. Let's worship passionately. And let's celebrate that we are not dead in our sins any longer. Our sins have been paid for. Jesus took care of that. And now we get to, now we get to praise God for that.